How are you doing? I'm great. Seven Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness, Fukunde. Thank you for coming on. What I do now is I started recording on this page and then it takes like six seconds for it to pop up and go live on YouTube. And then I hit a button over there and bam, we're live. Holy cow, people are already logging in. Oh man, that's dangerous. Lucky us. I know. It's funny, when I first started uh when I first started doing live shows, it was pretty scary. The first one or two. It was actually oh, I'm too scared about how, how you and me are going to get along. Not oh. about the problem. <laughs> if if we get along, the show won't do good. If we if we fight, it will do good. That's the that's the secret to uh, success these days. Okay, I'll do my best then to become feisty. Um, I woke up this morning thinking about intimacy. Okay, and I was thinking about how when when we when we listen to someone and we and we hear what they say, we we have thoughts about what they say. But if we react to our thoughts as opposed to reacting to what they said, we separate ourselves from them. And that's that's called um, – I, I, some people call that being asleep or being trapped in your head. But but another way to think about it is, is like um, removing yourself from intimacy. So the example that I have is I made a comment on Danielle Brandon's post a few days ago, oh, your shirt's too big. And all of these people started piling in saying that I was sexist, right? Because they had the reaction that I was saying it because that they see the world through men and women, you know, they, they thought that maybe I was saying it to her because it, she was a woman or that her sex had something, her vagina had something to do with my comment. When really it was just a, um, a, a discussion about clothing and how clothing fits. <laughs> and so, okay. and so it's okay to have the reaction that it would be sexist but once you respond to that and there's no apparent truth to it you're now stuck in your head and you're having a conversation with yourself so they say oh Sevan's being sexist and then they say Sevan, you're a piece of shit sexist now they're having the conversation with themselves because they've made something up that's not true and 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 not apparent and then reacted to it and so then i've lost intimacy with them which is okay for the internet I, it's it's fun Sure. But don't you think you're very good in that, in creating controversy and uh, putting in people's head a representation that you misled into making them believe in something? Say, say that one more time. Don't you think you're very good in creating this kind of controversy in people's head and uh, guiding them into thinking something that was maybe not the original goal to, for them to think? Like, yeah, yes. I'm very good at that. Through you mean like through um sort of this um I'm very good at that. You mean through sort of the although that wasn't my intention with that. I'm very good at that. So through sort of this um ambivalence, uh just like sort of like throwing things out there that I know people will bite at even if they're not there. You mean sort of like that, like uh creating Well you misguide them to believe that. I mean you use elements that are very good to misguide them. So, you know. I agree. Uh, but- wow, that's a very astute interview's over. Okay, but it's very early for you. I mean, it's like soon like cocktail time, so uh, we can be friends for a while. Um, y- yes, boy, you should talk to my wife because I'm or my kids because I do I I play I do this with them uh, so often these these mental gymnastics of reading into things. Well, I, I know your wife. I mean, I remember. I know if you remember when I used to be a volunteer at the games and your wife was around before the children BC. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, I remember your wife being uh, very loving and adorable. She's awesome. She's great. 
So, so it's just, I, I think that through that though, that's also, um, it, when you respond to your own reactions, I think I think it separates yourself from from intimacy, and I think that uh, it, it's it's I think it's just an important observation, and, and it makes people they can go down a portal of um of thinking that they're out in reality when they're not. They're now projecting something that's really themselves onto other people, and it's, it's a double whammy. One, they've misled themselves, but two, they've lost intimacy with the person. Hmm. Because I would say that it, because truly I didn't say her shirt was too big because she was a female. I, I didn't. I, 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 I mean, look, I think that people are very sensitive nowadays and they can take on many readings on very simple stuff right. and very often unlikely on very serious stuff. They go for the simple answer. Uh, you know, it's maybe one of the ambivalence of people nowadays. Uh, Facundo, how old are you? Old. Yeah, oh. I'm. I'm going to be 45 in a couple of uh, weeks. How dare he ask him how old he is? That's so rude. Um, and where are you right now? I'm home in Brussels, Belgium. That's home for you. That is home for me for the last uh, 19 years. And and where were you born? I was born in Argentina. Then I moved to Brazil. Then back to Argentina. Then I bit to Spain. Back to Argentina. Then I went to New York. Back to Argentina then to Germany, then to France, then to Belgium. And did you ever live in Italy? No, unluckily not. But you speak Italian. I speak Italian, yes. And you're married? I am married. And how did you, how, where, where and how did you meet your wife? I met my husband. Uh, Sorry. You're yeah, in the, yeah. In the European Parliament, both of us were there. We were political advisors. I left the parliament uh, two and a half years ago. And uh, yeah, I'm still here. Is he in the parliament? He works still in the parliament, yes. So um, was he your boss? No, 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 no. <laughs> At home, no, no, no. Damn, uh, damn. No, 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 no. I, uh, no, no. I, uh, we work for different political parties. Like um, when you say different political parties, different political people or actually different political no, parties? Different political parties. Yes. So I was working for more like the conservative side, which doesn't represent me, but I was working there. And he's working for uh, the Greens, for the Green Party. Wow. I don't even know what the – the truth is, um, Facundo, I don't even know what the European Parliament is. What so, you know, in, in they are the European Union, you might have heard, you know, there are many countries there and they have agreed on having a common legislative uh, organism that will actually legislate on some of the of the main topics of uh, political interaction in between countries. So that means like in the United States, you have the Congress in, in Washington, but you have also uh, state congresses like Madison, we know very well, but we know the games. Now, the European Parliament has powers on certain um, topics relating to uh, European politics, uh, whether some countries or all can no, countries have uh, retained for them autonomy on decision on certain other elements. And you have kids. I have one girl, yes. And oh, man, you're writing too much. I... <laughs> 
You're kind of hard to find information on. It's interesting. Um, there's this theme about you that um, maybe you're a, a spy, but it's kind of uh, – I've seen you around forever. You've always had a pleasant demeanor with a fabulous smile. You are always hanging around all the cool kids, um, and yet I never knew if you were like a coach or a manager. Amazing. Yeah. Or a um, Argentinian spy. I like. I didn't know. I mean, I never even thought you were a spy until uh, I was watching yesterday your interview with Chris and Rich. And okay. Uh oh. What's the what's the what's the funny blonde girl's name? Um, Ellie. 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 Sorry, Ellie. Uh -huh. I was watching that, and Chris just opened up hard. Facundo, are you a spy? <laughs> I don't remember about that interview, but no, I'm not a spy. I'm very sad that you didn't think that I was an athlete. Uh, <laughs> well, no. actually, I when I look at pictures of you now, I'm like, I don't remember him being this buff. This CrossFit shit works. Yeah, well, I mean, I haven't been doing that for a while. I'm just working on that. But I will tell you something. Um, I will. Re I remember very well when I first met you. And if you, I'm sure you don't remember, but that might ring a bell. So I was working as a volunteer for the CrossFit Games 2014 for the CrossFit Media, for CrossFit Media. Then I was kind of junior, junior assistant to the assistant of the producer. And you and me were at the Marriott in Manhattan Beach, the day of registration for the athletes. We were on the mezzanine leading to the first floor. And you were asking me, do you know him? Do you know her? Do you know him? Do you know her? And I know that you were halfly paying attention to what I said because we were looking for a prey for behind the scenes. And actually, I remember very well that that turned out to be a very successful episode because uh, the person that you asked me about was back then Sarah Sinsgundotil coach. I don't know if you remember Eric. And then when I told the wild guy that like yelled and got crazy, that was Eric was like kind of he was wild. He was a bit wild, yeah. He's kind of a Viking. It's a good, it's a good friend of mine though. So, but yes, it's him. And when I told you who he was, you got your camera, ran down the stairs, and you began your magic. And I think that was a very, very, very successful episode, right? Uh, yeah, that was. And he, and he was great because he, like, he's not afraid to uh, voice his opinion. Exactly. He's, and he's a great coach and he's a, he's a good friend. So uh, we can celebrate him today. <laughs> what, what's Eric doing these days? I, I never yeah. see him in the scene anymore. No, Eric, I think after this, what happened in this all episodes that you are partly to blame, some, some people would say. Uh, regarding Sarah, uh, he uh, has a very successful weightlifting program. It's called Weightlifting 101. And he kept coaching and, or supervising or helping many very famous athletes, including Annie or Frederick or BKG, Adrian Munviller. So he's still uh, around here in Europe. He's, he's a great coach and uh, he's wild as, as ever before. Good. Um, uh, you said that um, that I might be to blame. You mean just because of the behind the scenes, what it showed may have led to his him being ostracized from the. Well, you're a great producer, Sivan. I, I think that that was, you know, maybe one of the outcomes that you believe the behind the scenes could give, right? Not to get him fired. No, 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 not fired. I, I don't think he was fired either. Eh? Or, or to get him ostracized. That was not my intention. But, but, but if, if someone's. Um, if someone has strong opinions, it definitely makes for good video. Okay. Did you ever did you ever do an interview behind the scenes where you where you purposefully said I'm going to get this guy and get him fired? No. Okay. No. But but I would do a I would um, do a purposely behind the scenes where oh my god that guy looks really cool I'm going to use my camera as a tool to just get to know him. Okay. 
I, I, I would abuse my power in that way. Or I would be like, um, you know, I'm intimidated by, um, uh, I don't know, um, Michelle Kinney, even though yeah. I know I should talk to her, but Travis Meyer doesn't intimidate me. So I'll go talk to him and I will um, kowtow to the easier interview. Do you ever regret having done an interview? Not doing one? No, having done one, like say, oh man, that was so bad. I regret having given this person some exposure, popularity, or that he or she behaved very badly. So I'm, no. I wish I could erase this. No, not at all. Not at all. But I do regret um, the, uh, uh, not interviewing people. All the times I, I, I let my fear um, get the better of me. I, every single person that has benefited from the behind the scenes. I'm super duper duper happy. Um, th there was a, uh, you know, there's the, the, maybe the only thing that I ever filmed that maybe I wish I wouldn't have filmed that got shown to the public is there's a, in one of the behind the scenes, and I think it's in the documentary also, there's a Benny Garrard hands, Ricky Garrard, a little vial. It's like a little glass tube oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. around the top. And I filmed that and, um, That's one of those things like you were actually talking about before that's like it's too much. It's like I'm making an implication by putting that in the shot that I really have fucking no business making that implication. I have no idea if the guy's on anything or not. Okay. Right? But I'm, I'm happy that you talk about your fears. It's not something you seem to do very often, right? Uh, no, I do. Huh? I, I, I'm terrified. Yeah, I, I, um, one of the themes of just my podcast is that I don't like doing – I'm I terrified of strangers. Okay. I'm just terrified of strangers. But but it's kind of like um do you compete in anything Facundo? No. <laughs> no. No, no. I don't have that mindset. Um is it scary the thought of competing? No, not at all. This, it's just that I don't think that I will want to involve myself in something that I'm really not good at and it's going to be a waste of time because yeah, the outcome is not going to be what I would like it to be. And uh you know, I I work with I work, not a workout. I work, nice lapses. I work with people that are very, very fit. And when I see what they put at stake, how they compromise the responsibility they take, I'm realizing that I'm not built for that. So, no. My kids um, have started doing jujitsu tournaments. And my son told me that before he goes out on the mat, he shakes. And, that when, and then I said, oh, I go, um, that's intense. And he said, yeah. And I said, how do you how do you compete if you're shaking? He said, Oh, well, when you step out onto the mat and start wrestling with the other kids, it goes away. And I was thinking to myself, Oh, that's the, that in my head, I'm thinking this, that must be the fight or flight syndrome. It's like you know, before you do public speaking and you want to flee, but you have to overcome that and parlay that into fight. Right. And I get yeah. that before the podcast. Like when I text you the link, like the whole time, right before I text anyone, the link, like I text you the link this morning, I'm terrified. I'm like, oh God, oh God. Okay. I understand that. If I send this, there's no coming back. There's no coming back. We're going to do the show. Did you, ever cancel, so, did you ever cancel a podcast last minute because of stress or because something that you felt like you didn't want to do it? But, okay. but, I, but, I have, but I do literally have the feeling like I want to go outside and like run. Okay. Fuck, Facundo will do this show by himself. I'll hit the live button and I'll run off. Well, since I know that you're a bit scared, I'll, I'll be nice. But I, I know the feeling. I used to do seminars. I mean, I did it with, with, I think, 30 seminars with Dave Durante through the world and then with Hinshaw. I did it with kind of 50 seminars together. And just before starting the seminar, I was like, oh, man, I really don't want to be here again. 
I just want to go home. And, uh, you know, I need to be very organized. And he shows it's a, a guy that because I himself to and to start a different part and I needed my structure. And I was like, oh, yeah. But, uh, well, good to know that, uh, that you are very human then. Oh, I'm ter- I'm, yeah. But, but we have to face our fears, kind of. It's, it's kind of the only thing that makes us feel alive. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with except you. you have a daughter. Except you have a daughter, so you're cheating. I have, I have. I have a daughter, too, but, I have a, but I have a German Shepherd who helps me a lot with my fear, especially when I'm in the street with foreigners, uh, because they, he's so big that people are scared of him, and they, they prefer to cross the street uh, when they see him uh, coming. Um, when when did your um, life intersect with CrossFit? What what are the origins of that? Uh, so back in the days of Facebook, I had a friend in Washington and he was every day posting, oh, today in the box, I was doing, I don't know, 15H SPU and then I do 21 uh, uh, SDPH and then one RM snatch. And it was so annoying because he was putting every single day his full workout and his result. And one day I said to him, hey, bro, what are you talking about? What is all of this? Oh, man, you have to see this is CrossFit. It's the new thing. You need to do it. And I thought it was an American thing, you know, like will come and will go in a couple of months. He said to me, you know, you have to try the, he sent me the affiliate map. There was one like 5K, like three miles from where I am. I went there and I, I don't know why, because actually I'm not a super fit guy or I don't like sports so much, but I really liked it a lot. And uh, a couple of, so I, I, I got addicted to that. A couple of years later, one of the guys working there offered me to become a partner on a new box he was opening. So I put some money there. And we open a, a box, uh, and that was my first, uh, yeah, how I get in, uh, introduced into the sport of fitness. What year was that? That was 2012. So when I started CrossFit 2010, 2012, we opened our box, uh, CrossFit Power Factory. And, and do you still own that box? No, I sell my shares a couple of years ago. In what country was that? In Belgium. We used to have four boxes. Uh, then, uh, well, they, they kept the, the, the big one. Uh, and they're they're still there. Oh, you you personally were involved in the ownership before. I I was not. I mean, I I I help uh, building that box, and uh, yeah, and then I then I learned a little bit of coaching, and uh, it wasn't the times where I didn't remember this graphic seminars, endurance, kettlebell, weightlifting, one tooth, whatever, and I could afford to go as as often as I could. So I was spending maybe three weekends out of the the four weeks of the month in a seminar. And uh, yeah, so I I I started uh, like that. So when you go to your first box in 2012, um, and and you said you weren't like into were you you weren't into working out or sports before then? No, 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 no. I, I would I would go to the global gym maybe to get some biceps and some chest, but no more than that. And what do you think you liked about it? Um, I think that. A little bit the, the unknown, the, you know, the, the, well, now I used to go with my, my, my iPod or Walkman, I don't know where were back then. And, you know, it was all of my pace. So I chat with someone, do some curls, go back. There it was like, hey, it lasts one hour and you get a full session, a full workout. And, uh, yeah, it, it was, was great. I, I, I loved it. It was 2010 uh, when, I, when I started. 
I, I, I think one of the things I liked about CrossFit is that I was so bad at sports and I was so bad. Like I, I had the weakest bench of my friends. I had the fewest pull-ups. I couldn't do pull-ups. You know, when we did the presidential test in high school, all the, I had to do it with the girls where you, you, you hang sexist. And, um, then I did, I found CrossFit and there was some shit I was good at. I was like, oh, did, am I, am I like, I can do that. And some, someone else can't do what I can do. And I think that kind of scratched a, um, gave me like a, a, a little bit of a motivation. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like, holy shit, like come out of your shell. It's okay. And then of course, just be, since, and I'm, I'm speaking for you too, correct me if I'm wrong, since we didn't spend our youth in our bodies like a lot of other kids, when we finally started working out and we got in, into our bodies, we're like, holy shit, this is crazy. Uh, so, like I used to avoid sweating like the plague. I hated sweating. Did you ever hate sweating? I still do. Oh. <laughs> I still do. Uh, yeah. Are you going to Are you going um, make it through that? Are you going to change that? Or do you have any interest? Because I used to hate sweating and now I'm just like, yeah, sweating is there was a time, so that was at the beginning. Then I, I do craft. I, I did two competitions as a team. I, I was kind of decent in gymnastics, and um, yeah, so I did a couple of. Comp- I loved it, but then, you know, all the training. When I started crafting, I was still working in the parliament. Uh, we, I was doing a, a master at the same time, a, a late master in my career that was nothing to do with sport, and uh, you know, it was very little time, uh, and then I, I couldn't train so much. But I, I, I go to Cookieville cookie, very often. And then sometimes, sometimes I train with my friend Ellie in the morning, M30. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy where I am now. I would like to have more fitness in my life. But uh, it's getting very busy lately. So uh, I need to make an effort to find additional time. Why did you volunteer for the CrossFit Games in 2000? What, what did you say? For, was it 14? 14. So the true story is that in 2013, there was invitation us in Berlin. Remember, America versus USA versus the world. Okay. And because I, I pulled some strings and I got some VIP tickets for uh, for me and my friends, stating that I was working in the parliament. So they put me on the VIP area and I was sitting next to Hillary Fronin back then. It's still today, but back then I was sitting next to her. And I, I arrived super early. I was very, very excited. I met Tim Chan. And then... Um, uh, Justin Burke came and said, oh, what are you doing? We talk a little bit. And he asked me, how many languages did I speak? And I said, well, you know, I speak German. I was raised in Germany. I speak French. I speak English, Italian, Spanish, none of them well, but I do speak some languages. And then we said goodbye. And like three minutes before the broadcast was, the broadcast would start, he called me and said, hey, Facundo, I have a problem. You know, we are broadcasting. It was uh, Eurosport back then. And we have Mike Roth, so an American producer, director, a French producer and cameraman that don't understand anything but German. So the broadcast track was a bit of a chaos. Can you come and help us? You will miss the show. And I said, yeah, sure. I come and I help. You know, I was there. I remember the, the French producer, a lady, and she was asking, uh, what is Traster, Traster, a big movement, small movement, big camera. And I was like, big movement, you camera out. Uh, so I, I started there and then uh, I wanted more. So I volunteered for the CrossFit Games. Uh, 2014, first of the regionals, I met Rory McKernan, my very, very good friend. We worked together, and then he uh, yeah, invited me to be a volunteer for his team, the media team, 2014 at the Games. 
when you did that, when Justin came over and asked you to do that to help with the translation at the Berlin yeah. Invitational, um, did were you were you like, oh man, this sucks. I want to stay in my seat and enjoy it, or were you like, oh, this is no, awesome? I love it. Put into the I love it. You did. I loved it. I mean, I, I I've never seen a more violent place like a broadcast truck. They, it's a lot of shouting, a lot of cursing, a lot of you know. I don't know if you've ever been there doing a uh, broadcast. It's really nasty, but I loved it somehow. And uh, a couple of weeks later, I got a, a, an email from, from Justin Berg and, and a girl that used to work in CrossFit asking me whether I wanted to write for CrossFit uh, as an athlete scout. So if you hear about any athlete in Europe, remember back in the day, CrossFit had articles on athletes and profiles. And so uh, they hired me for 25 articles, which I wrote. I do write a little bit better than I speak English, so it was kind of okay. And uh, I, uh, I, I did that, and then you know I was very lucky to get more responsibilities from uh, from from CrossFit and work uh, in the media department for regionals and the games till 2018, where everybody got fired. I would see you everywhere, and I still. It's funny. I I had no idea. I just assumed you were. I had no idea you worked for CrossFit. We both work for the same company. I just assumed that you you were somehow affiliated directly with the athletes. I no, no. just has made that assumption. I remember that I was I was taking quotes from the for, from the athletes for the broadcast, and you would come with your camera. Said, "Can I steal your quote?" Oh, good, good. good. We did a couple of times, and uh, yeah, I don't have any hard feelings about that. So was it, I fine. was always nice to you. You were always nice to me, yeah. But your wife was very nice to me, I remember. No, I, I was even more nice to you. I don't know. It depends <laughs> on the objective. <laughs> my, my, my wife is very cool. Hey, a broadcast truck, a very important place not to read into what people are saying because there's a lot of nasty, immediate things being... Don't I you? learned so many words there. I learned... <laughs> you know, my English came from school and from university. So this wording I have never heard before. So you go, so you go into... Um, I, I want to try to connect this leap of yeah. how you work with two of the most amazing um, hu human movement experts th that I know of on, on planet Earth today, Hinshaw and um, Durant Durante. Am I pronouncing this Durante or Durante? De Durante in Italian. Yeah, um, two two guys who have always been um, exceedingly open and generous with their smiles and time with me and um, who I, I respect uh, immensely. How did you go from – being this guy who didn't exercise, who didn't like sweating. So I'm going to try to connect this dot. So you, you start working out in CrossFit and do you start not only enjoying working out, but watching other people work out? Is that how you become a coach? You're like, Oh, man, yes. watching humans move is amazing. Well, yes, I, I did that a little bit, but then during 2014 at the games, I have my, you know, I was serving coffee to all of you, to all the media team coming with a coffee tray as a volunteer, as a happy volunteer. And uh, during uh, one of the pauses, I went to the vendor's village and I met Dave Durante there. He was, he was walking around and I, I kind of jumped on him. Hey, man, I'm, I'm your biggest fan. You know, poor Dave. I was like, oh, God, I still, I'm still ashamed about that. And then I told him, when are you coming to Europe? You need to come to Europe. And he answered to me, look, I'm coming to Europe in a couple of weeks. I'm going to give two back-to-back -back seminars during the weekend in Amsterdam. And just like that, I said to him, you know what? Amsterdam is one hour away from my, two hours away from my place. I pick you up from there. You come and spend the week at my place in Belgium. I don't know, the weekend I bring you back to Amsterdam. And then he said, okay, let's do that. Just like that. 
So, uh, yeah. This is just in passing as you're going by with like coffees for someone else. Well, I was in my break, so I wasn't, I wasn't carrying coffee back then, but yes, I was with my volunteer t-shirt, very happy. And were these and, um, European parliament skills you were, you were honing? Is this, is this how you, is this how you shuck and jive and like in the parliament too? Like just make. No, 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 that's okay. a complete different thing. With Dave Durante, I was a groupie. I, I, I'm okay. still, we are very good friends. He's one of my best friends and I still struggle to tell him because of the friendship how much i admire him and how great he is because right. you know when you have a great friend it's, it's very difficult to tell him hey bro you know i admire you so much uh so dave came to brussels we spent a week together we worked a little bit together on certain movements and he i brought him back to amsterdam he gave the seminar and a couple of weeks later he texted me and said hey you know what i think you're very okay in gymnastics i'm doing a new course at crossfit gymnastic advanced uh, would you like to be my assistant? No shit. And I was like, yes. Like, like I said yes, and then whatever. I started but shouting. you were scared too, right? You were scared. You started shaking. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I, didn't sh- I'm, I'm, I don't shake, but I was. I get very excited. And then he said to me, "Yeah, well, let's. That's great. Let's meet a couple of weeks later in, in somewhere in, in the UK." I took my train. I know I spent hours doing hollows and rocks. And, uh, you know, all the things that I know he, he will ask me to, to help with. So I was his demo boy. We, I was his Durante's demo boy maybe for 15 seminars. Holy shit. I know. I, know. I, was, I was hanging from, from rings and rigs for hours while he was showing human movement. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we became, we are still great friends. He's, he's, he's great. I still, I saw him two weeks ago in Power Monkey. I was very lucky that he invited me again. And, uh, you know, I see him teaching and I'm, I'm still surprised on how extraordinary he is as a, as a coach and especially as a human being. So you basically took this crash course. Had, had you taken your L1, like basically you do 15 yeah, seminars yeah. with them and it's like you're just being just crushed with information. You're trying to absorb it all in. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was doing my best. I mean, it's, it was too much information, but I was doing my best to keep up. Have have you taken your had you taken your L one or have you taken your L one at this point? Yeah, I had my level two back then. Remember the coaches the coaches prep course? Yeah, that's some scary shit too. Yeah, well, I did it with uh, with all the people from the U. I mean, it was a, a great uh, group of coaches that were there, um, and yeah, it was scary when you have to face everybody with your workout, and all the coaches were like, "Why you do that? Why would you do that too? And what do you want to?" So I did that before uh, having the chance to work with Dave. I'm going back to um, your friend um, in wa- it was Washington DC who introduced you to CrossFit, right? It was Washington, no, it was Seattle, state of Washington. Oh no, shit. Okay, I just made the jump from European Parliament to Washington yeah. DC. Okay, is is that is that person still doing CrossFit? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I don't have Facebook anymore, but uh, I think he does. Yeah. What happened to your Facebook? Oh, I don't, I don't, I I prefer Instagram. I think yeah. it's easier. I kind of miss, I, I don't do Facebook either. I miss the whole Facebook thing. When people started doing it, I either, I don't know why I never did it. But then Instagram came and, and I, I, I just jumped on board. I don't, do the, I don't do Twitter either. You have a couple of accounts in Instagram, no? On, on Instagram, I have a shitload of accounts. I have one yeah. account no one can see. They shadow banned me. Yeah. I remember that you used to follow me and you, then you defollow me. And I was very hurt back then. Unacceptable. Well, okay. So how long ago was that? Oh, maybe four years ago, five years ago. Hmm. 
I don't I don't recall, but twice I've unfollowed everyone in my account, including my mom. Okay, well, I would be Does happy that make to make you feel better. Yeah, completely. I, I can take that. I can take that. <laughs> I even yeah. unfollowed my wife, and the reason why is the first time I did it because my feed had gotten so clogged. I said, "Okay, I'm just going to unfollow everyone and kind of reset how I get my information." Okay. And if you have to, yeah, sorry. If you have to someone, would you unfollow Matt Fraser or Josh Bridges? If I had to unfollow one, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't even know if I follow Matt Fraser to tell you the truth. Well, would you follow both of them? Who would you be easy for you to unfollow? I would unfollow Matt Fraser. Why? Um, because I'm just not as close with him. I've texted him 20 times in the last three months and he hasn't responded to one of my texts. I'm trying to do another goddamn podcast with him and Josh and Matt's too busy. So I think he's upset with you. I think I'm going to, you've inspired me. I think I'm going to unfollow him right when the show's done just to, just to. (laughs) I think he has 2 million, 2.5 million followers. I'm not sure he's going to realize. He's not going to notice. Yeah. You know, but uh, so on this podcast, do you feel that it's friendship? Or there's three guys talking and you're guiding them into saying things that people would like to hear? Um, I was texting with Matt one afternoon out of the blue. And I, don't te- I didn't text with him very often. I wouldn't even say we were friends. We were just acquaintances. I, I-, I could see myself texting with you like this afterwards, you know, after this podcast. Like you walking down the street with your daughter and your daughter jumping into a puddle and you sending me a picture, you know, just because yeah. this interaction we've had. And I'd be like, oh, my God, that's so crazy or so cool because, you know, I like kids too. And uh, so it was something like that. We were just talking, texting one night. I probably – and, and we text for like 30 minutes. And in the, in the seven years I've known him, that's the most I'd ever text with Matt. And at the end of the text, towards the end, I go, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we just had a 10-minute to 60-minute conversation once a week and we just put it on as a podcast, just a casual conversation? And he stopped texting me when I said that. And I'm like, ah, shit. You know, like I I went too far. Like I leaned over to kiss the girl and she told me, what are you doing? We're just friends. You know what I mean? So and then the next morning, I see a text coming from him. He says, that's a great idea. Let's do it. So then I was like, oh, shit. Okay. So then I was like, I think I text Josh Bridges, who I was better friends with, who I actually like maybe talked to on the phone once every four months. I said, hey, Matt, Matt's going to jump on a call with me. Do, do you know Matt? And he said, yeah. What's funny is I've just started texting with Matt recently. I said, okay. So then I, I got us all in one text thread. I said, do you guys want to do this once a week? And they said, sure. And I was like, wow, this is fucking really cool. And it's kind of the reason why I started this podcast because I was like, hey, I'm going to get so much attention. And I don't know why I was doing it, Facundo. I'm I'm sort of just – I'm like Forrest Gump. Run Mm. for – just I just – will just go off that direction. I I don't believe you. This is the first time that I think that you're lying to me, but it's fine. I'll let you go. And so I, um, when I played Frisbee, they used to call me the Labrador because someone would throw the Frisbee and it would seem like it was uncatchable, but I would still chase it as hard as I could. It didn't matter. It, d- it didn't matter to me. So I thought, oh, shit, this is going to bring a lot of eyeballs to me and my account, and I-, I should figure out a way to make the best of this opportunity. Like I shouldn't, le- I shouldn't let this slide by. I-, I should make sure I use the – the clout or the attention or the 
um, spotlight that Matt's going to help and Josh is going to help bring to me to, to turn into something else. And, um, and then at the same time, someone, um, uh, Matt Souza, the owner of CrossFit Livermore, um, I, I've told the story a bunch of times. He said, Hey, your CrossFit podcast helped me so much. I want you to start another podcast. I want to pay it forward to you. I'll help you start it. I'll give you one of my employees to help you run it. And I said, no. And my wife said, Hey, what are you doing? The universe is conspiring to help you and tell you to start a podcast and get off your fucking ass and do it. It's what you love doing. So I said, okay. And so those things just kind of collided to answer your question. I, I, um, I don't, I don't really know what's going on in that podcast when I'm with those guys. I'm very sensitive to them. Oh. <laughs> I'm very sensitive to them uh, because I don't want to necessarily, I want, I want to keep it real. But I don't want to drag them into things that they're not willing to 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 go into. And to, to topic, yes, very very much so, very much so. Okay. So 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 I so so I um. Do you have a different opinion on that? Because so so I so I walk the line. So I walk the line with them. I don't I don't want to say anything that's going to affect Matt's podium sales, um, Josh's good dude sales. I don't want to make them polarizing characters. Uh, I understand. I think that I, I don't think that your role is so passive, though. It's not. I think that you have a, a very, very big responsibility, and you are the one setting the tone. This conversation starting with you and me with intimacy, and actually we're talking about your fears. We're talking about your sensitive part. So I think that you're very good in that podcast to set a tone, and and you know, then once that's done, you take your space and let the pe- the voice do the job. Yeah. And, and, and maybe like I would talk about, like I would ask you um, if I wanted to start talking about something intimate with you, Facundo, I would say, hey, do you and your husband when you travel share a toothbrush? Because it's 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 a pretty strong question that might make people uncomfortable, but it's not as strong as something like, hey, what are your thoughts on the vaccine? I mean, do you know, do you know what I mean? So like, you like the second one. You like the second one, though. The, the vaccine one. Yeah. yeah, I love I love that one. But I wouldn't do that to Josh or Matt because um, I, I don't – if they wanted to go there, that would be great. But I don't want to put them in that situation. I feel like that's um, – I, I don't know what that is. I, 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 maybe, maybe it's just I don't want to lose them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I don't want I don't want Matt or Josh to be like, "Hey, I'm not going to interact with Sevon because he believes the Earth is flat, and that makes him." I do, I don't believe the Earth is flat. Well, you mean, you're, you're telling me that any other person whom you ask about, about vaccination, you don't care about losing, but then you don't ask about it because you don't ask about that. That denotes that you are scared of losing them. Um, may, maybe, may, maybe you could say that. I don't I don't know if I can. I, maybe you can say that. Uh, or or maybe it's not necessary it's it's based on the premise of what our relationship is about do you know what i mean so you and i just have this one um interaction i'm not making a whole show with you right i'm i'm by i'm not making a whole series of shows with you although we might shit this is going pretty good um but uh and i'm and i always look i'm always looking for a crutch i, I like I, I really want a side i really want like a co-host or a sidekick because like um it would really alleviate a lot of my fears yeah. well i i'm very upset that brian is not here though because he's a good friend of mine is brian a good friend of yours yeah well i want to, I want to believe so i want to believe so i don't know i want to believe so 
What do you think happened? I, I Brian was like on every show for so long. Oh, speaking of reading into, Brian was recently accused of being sexist. Yeah, I, I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he compared Matt Fraser to Tia Toomey, and people were saying that um, then were, had the reaction that they believed Tia was obviously better, so to compare them was not being able to accept a woman was better. I mean, this is just uh, delusions of grandeur, in my opinion, But which is okay to have delusions of grandeur, but then to react to them as if they're reality, now you have in, in, in sort of in, in embodied the delusion. Yeah, I, I mean, I know Brian quite well, and I think that it was not his goal. And he's a cle super clever guy. Um, he works very hard, and uh, I'm slightly sad that he's not around uh, for, the, for, for this podcast. He was invited. It's his fault. Maybe he doesn't like you, Facundo. Oh, I was, I was, I was very sad. But I, I think he does, because I like him too, and we, we, we chit-chat from time to time. We, yeah. He, 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 he loves you to death. He really loves everything CrossFit. He is pretty, um, he's pretty stoked on. He, he likes you a lot. I think we were doing a lot of podcasts together. I think he um, got a little bit stressed out. I, I want to say it's not because of me. I want to say it's because of his schedule. That's what I keep telling myself. Um, he came on the show a couple nights ago for like 20 minutes. I think we, we have a show tomorrow morning with Pat Vellner. I think he's going to be on. Uh, he uh, I understand. If they have to choose between Facundo and, and Pat Vellner, I would also choose uh, Pat Vellner. He, he but, told uh, me he can't do shows ever on Thursday. But I still <laughs> keep – I still keep – I told him. I, I mean I, I texted him last night. I said, I'm going on with Facundo. Please come on. And he said, you know I can't on Thursdays. I have a busy schedule. He's also two hours ahead of me, so he's probably at work right now. I know. I, know. I texted him, asked him whether he was going to be around. He says he's coaching. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, so um, – Let's go, back to, let's go back to Dave Durante. So, so, um, okay. so you're doing the, um, you're doing the, you're doing the power monkey. It's, it, does it seem a little out of place? Are you like, wow, why did he choose me? Like I've only been doing completely. Power monkey is without any doubt, the single most incredible group of coaches in the world. They are like many Olympians, uh, medalists, uh, the most knowledgeable people that I know, uh, brought together it's, it's extraordinary i was like but anyway same as crossfit when i started in power monkey i was i went as a camper then as a volunteer then as a staff member then as an assistant coach then as a lead coach uh so i went through every single station uh that was to be offered there and it was great it's, it's you're, just you're now a lead coach with power monkey uh i well so i i used to run with hinsha the endurance station the what station? Endurance, the aerobic capacity station. We have a power monkey at different stations, clean and jerk, snatch, you know, a lot of them. And there was the Hinsho station called the endurance station. And I, I, I was the lead there. I did that for five camps or four camps. And then with COVID came, I, I couldn't travel to the States last year. And uh, I was invited this, like two weeks ago, uh, I took uh, our new athlete, uh, Guimaleiros, to Mayhem. And, you know, Power Monkey is just 30 minutes away from Mayhem. So we, we spend two days there. Power Monkey is actually a place. Power Monkey is it's a, it's a gymnastic, uh, prof a professional gymnastic space or compound, I don't know, uh, facility uh, owned by two Olympians in which there are different, um, uh, you know, seminars, uh, camps throughout the year. Fit Fest is the most famous. It's in Crossville. 
yet again, like 40, maybe less, 30, 40 uh, miles from, from CrossFit Mayhem. That's crazy. I had no idea. So no. are Durante and Rich close? Does Durante live there? No, Durante lives in Portland now, in, in, in the other coast. He, he used to be in New York, and now he lives there. But he goes to Power Monkey twice a year. And then he's also coaching Fleet Fest. And Fleet Fest is kind of a gymnastic festival in which people like Simone Biles used to go. So it's a, it's a almost professional, I think, uh, camp taking place twice or three times a year. It's amazing. You should, you should, yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. Say what you're going to say. You should send your children there. It's amazing. Uh, when, when and where is it? I will, I will, I will find that out and I'll let you know. Okay. See guys, if I had a producer who is live on every show, you could have pulled that up right now. I'm looking for someone who will work for free, who will just be so enamored and so thankful to have my attention and work on my show that they would be behind the scenes right now. And every time, like when you would say that fit fest, they would just, you know, make our boxes small and pull up a new box. But yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not drawing that kind of uh, talent or what would that person uh, get from you or attention, just some love, some, you know, some time, some, okay. some abuse, some, uh, some intimacy, Okay. Some, some open-ended comments that um that uh that draw out their their deeper self. It is the word of the day for you, intimacy, right? It is what well. happened? It, the word of the, today. It seems that intimacy is the, the the word of the day. You've been saying intimacy over and over today. Because I was in. I normally refer to. So I have this issue with um, people reading into things. But then I thought, you know, that's not exactly accurate. I don't mind people reading into things. I see Facundo has sharp teeth and he has blood on his shirt. Okay, he might be a vampire. You know, like that's reading into things. It's the rea- it's it's the then reacting to the um analysis as if it's true. And then and and then I and so I was thinking about that today. How can I explain that to people better because it, it and I thought I always call it being trapped in your head or being asleep or um, you know, being delusional, I thought, oh, maybe I'll, I'll recouch it or reframe it as not being present in the form of being intimate with people, right? Like you're, you're taking, you're now having a conversation with yourself and you lost an intimacy. So somehow it popped in my head in the shower today while I was soaping my, having my own intimate moment, soaping my back and my face. And well, psychologists would call it unconscious, no? Yeah, that, that, that's a very common term used also for it. Yeah. And, and sometimes when you say these words like, hey, you're asleep, you're unconscious, then, you know, people will wake up for a split second and say, no, I'm not. And then, then they go back to it. Okay. Do you have a recurrent dream? Do you, do, do you have a dream that you dream often throughout the year or since your childhood or anything? You don't? No, sir. Do you? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Is, yeah. There, is there an implication to that? Tell me more. Let's say I said yes. Then what do you say? Well, I did. I did. Uh, five. For five, six years. Um, yeah, I, I had a dream since I was a child that all my teeth will, would break and they will come sand. Yes, I, used to have, I used to have that no, no, as a you child. Cannot, no, no, no. You cannot steal my dream. You need to have your own dream. I asked <laughs> I you before. You have your chance and you said, I don't have any. So I now don't you're going have to it beat anymore. Up. I don't have it anymore. <laughs> I don't have it anymore. Funny, I don't have it anymore either. I, actually, I think that I had it till I was 30, 35. But I had it very, very often that my teeth would break, become sand, and I would go to the mirror and I see, like, man, I, there's no teeth anymore. That is, that's one of my bad dreams. It's uh, horrible. It's horrible. 
Yeah. And the other dream, hopefully you didn't have that one, is that I'm seeing when people are burglaring into my place, when I'm going to break in the door to come into steel. Uh-huh. Yeah. These are my two dreams. Uh, Did you ever have the one when you were a kid that you go to school naked? I used to have that one as a little as a little kid. No, that would be a problem for me. Oh, it fucking sucked. <laughs> I would go to school and I would be there naked. I was just like, what the fuck? Why did my parents dress me? But of course, you, you mentioned over and over, you have problems with intimacy. So why would it not be naked in front of all your children would be fine? It's, it's the definition of the non-intimacy. I, no, I didn't, I didn't say I have problems with intimacy. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. no, no. I didn't say you have. I said that you, we mentioned about, we've been talking about intimacy. Oh, and now okay. you've up a dream that is the opposite of intimacy, right? You're exposed. Yes. You're exposed naked to the most cruel people in the world, but there are children. Children tend to be very cruel at that age, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. And, I, and I, I think I got made fun of, uh, people were very nice to me, but, but it was a, it was a, um, it was a tough crowd, I, but I always liked school. Did you like school? Uh, no. No? No, no, no. I mean, I left school when I, when I was uh, 14, and then I came back to school, but I left it for two years. Uh, 14, 15, I studied music back then. And, uh, you know, if you go to a conservatory, you are not uh, requested to go to high school. You can do that. And then it was not meant to be. So I went back to school, finished, and then, yeah. Um, Why didn't you like school? Did you did you have friends there? Like I love going there to see my friends. No, I I I was not very popular back then. Uh, I I want to I want to think so. I don't remember. Maybe it was something else. I don't think I was a very popular boy. And uh, we moved so much that you know I didn't have real friends because as as I mentioned before, I was coming back from another country, put into a school, then change again to another school. My family would move a lot, so we were changing school maybe twice, three times a year. So I didn't never was able to have a lot of friends. I did have some friends, but I mean, I was not like the popular boy. Did you go to school to see your friends? No. <laughs> oh, you didn't. oh, because that's why I went to school. That's the only reason why I went. I just went to see my friends. Like, I was obliged to go. If I would have to choose in between staying home and going to see my friends, I would have stayed home. Yeah. Um, so tell me, what did the, what's the dream mean with your teeth falling out? What's the deal? I really don't know. I mean, um, it might be something about speaking or have a, you know, the capacity to communicate, uh, which is not, you know, aligned to what teeth are for, but I, I, I don't know. It's, I, I, I really, that was such, I, I, I couldn't say, I, I don't want to say something that I, I'm going to, re- to regret later, but I, I guess in my case, something related to being unable to speak properly or to, you know, ex- express myself or make the points that I would like to make. Uh, and I don't know why, environment, my own perception of myself and what I want to say, whether I didn't dare to do so. And when I wanted, you know, I wasn't able anymore. Uh, but I think that, that changed. And funny now, same as you, when I got to a certain age, that dream disappeared. So maybe with age, we have more clear ideas on how to express ourselves and how to get along the way we intend to. Do you have any enemies? Oh, I guess I do. You do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess a couple, not many, yeah. not many. Yeah. I, I, I like to believe that I have very good friends and I, I, I like to spend most of my time with them. And my, first my family, of course, but outside of my family with my good friends. 
I guess by enemies, I mean, when I speak to you, like, I don't know any, I've never heard, it's, I said the same thing to Hinshaw. I, I can't think of anyone who's ever said anything bad about you. You're, 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 um, very loved in, in the, in the circles that, um, and that, that you and I used to roll in. And, um, Although I think the CrossFit community as a, as a whole is pretty darn close as far as communities go, it, do, it doesn't mean that everyone gets along. You know, there's some cats and dogs in there that you know that that, yeah. that fight. Do you regret having met anybody in the CrossFit world? That said, oh man, I spent years with this person and I didn't get anything out of it, and I I regret having have this friendship or that friendship. No, maybe the exact opposite. I'm so proud of myself that I <laughs> worked on myself in order to accept those around me that maybe I wouldn't have accepted if I otherwise wouldn't have worked on myself. Okay, so you did it out of generosity. No, 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 no. I used it. No, no, I'm too selfish for that. I used it. I leveraged it to um make myself a better person instead of blaming them like i like like crossfit really taught me personal responsibility up until the age of 34 i was um basically uh i avoided basically discomfort at all costs i was raised that way you know take the path of least resistance don't ruffle any feathers don't offend anyone don't sweat don't like heart like and then something happened and I, maybe it was my L1 or maybe, you know, but basically I realized in a nutshell, it's become one of the, my foundations is that controlled suffering is, is, uh, and you don't have to use that word suffering, uh, or I don't have to use that word controlled, um, discomfort or, um, pushing the body into, into, the, into the pain cave, whether it's psychologically, emotionally, or intellectually, um, is, uh, or physically is where growth occurs. And so you should do it as often as you can especially if you can control the safety of it. I was never afraid emotionally. I remember being a little kid and really enjoyed exploring my emotions, like really, really. And I really like, I, I, I was perfectly, I, when girls would break up with me or my friends maybe would stop being my friends and I would cry and I would suffer like that. I was fascinated by that as a kid. I was always watching myself emotionally being like, wow, this is fucking a trip. I just watched a movie and the dolphin died and now I'm sitting here wailing in the movie theater. I was just fascinated by that. Which movie, which character in which movie do you think describes you the best? So if it's just a movie and you see this people, not that you want to be, someone that you said, like, hey, man, that person is my life. I mean, this is my life. Uh, Forrest Gump, I told you. Gump. I'm fucking nah, Forrest nah. Gump. I am dumb as a box of rocks. And I just mm -hmm. go. I just go. I trust. There is. I, I'm, not, I'm not a religious man, um, but there is a... I don't even know if this is true, but there's a, there's a scene, I guess, in the Bible where um, the, Jesus tells the apostles, he says, and someone will correct me, he says, um, when, when, the, when they call you, when the kings call you to speak about me um, and, and speak about, you know, and, and they're trying to persecute you, don't prepare your defense. Just open your mouth and let God speak through you. And I always was like, yes, that is, that's... Um, that's awesome. Like that, that resonated with me. Like, like, okay, I get it. I get, I get what he's saying. Um, do you have a character for me? Do you want to give me a character in a movie? No, I don't know you maybe, enough. May, maybe Benji. I think that you are, you are too uh, intellectually clever to be Forrest Gump. 
maybe some traits of Forrest Gump personality might suit you, or maybe you want to believe so. I think that Forrest was pure emotion, with very little rationality to it. Like the intellect was not there, but his decisions were maybe the good ones because he trusted his emotion and his good willness. And uh, yeah, that worked for him. Did you like that movie? Uh, yeah, I, I liked it very much when I saw it for the first time in the 90s, 91, 92. Then I saw it on a plane some, some months ago and I cried my, my eyes out and I didn't like it anymore. Because, you know, there was people, that, you know, next to me awake and they were like looking at me it's like, that's weird. So I felt a bit uncomfortable. But uh, I, I like the movie. It's a great movie, yeah. You mentioned you mentioned being friends with David Durante and it yeah. being weird because you're friends with him and yet you still admire him on such a crazy high level and it's like you just I, I, I think I think I understand that and I and I struggle with the same thing too but you you've surrounded yourself with people like that I don't think people who haven't met Rich or haven't been around Rich realize uh, do you have that same issue with Rich Well it's weird Rich is one of my best friends, Rich and Hillary, like really best, best friend. We, we, we have a lot of, uh, well, intimacy, but we, we trust each other a lot and we speak about a lot of, a lot of topics. And yes, for me, it's, it's very complicated uh, to, you know, also because we just like to get emotional. And so I'm, it's very hard for me to find a moment to tell him, Hey, I love you as a brother, as a friend, but you know, I admire you so much that I will, Actually, then to you know to, rev- to make a reverence when you perform because I think that he's the yes. the finest crossfitter who ever lived. And uh, and no, but I I don't I don't do that. Uh, I would like to find out sometimes a moment to do so. Yeah, it, and and you are um, because because there's a lot of great people out there, but there is definitely something um, uh, very unique about rich um i remember having this feeling about him when i met him that he seems so um like such a good person nine out of ten people you would see walk out of a brothel you would say oh shit look at that guy was in there sleeping with women but rich is so pure that if you saw him walk out of a brothel you would think that he he, he was in there saving someone yeah. like that would be your first judgment about him i mean the guy like shit can't stick to the guy i mean he's that yeah. fucking cool it's he's 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 a great person i mean i i owe him to Dave, of course, to Rory, and to to reach uh, of what I am now. I mean, uh, it's, it's it's he's he's a, he's a great person, and uh, I always like to say when we do a seminar, when we you know somebody comes to the box, I said like guys, you know him as a champion in the sport. I think as a friend, as a person, he's a champion. He has the highest ethical values and and loyalty and friendship and care for for himself, his family, his environment. And uh, I'm, I'm very proud of being a friend of him. And so you have this whole pantheon. You have this whole, I mean, going through your Instagram, it's like nuts who you know. It's like yeah. you've surrounded yourself with these people that it is. Um, it would be hard not to feel that way about all of them. I mean, it is oh, really, it, it's, it's almost like you curated this um but I don't believe you have. I think it's all just by. Um, I think it's all. I, th- I think you've attracted these people 
I don't think you seek these people out and yet you're surrounded by all of these amazing people. And so I just wonder, like, is that something like, are you like always biting your tongue? Okay. Don't say something super nice about Katrin right now. Don't say something super nice about Guy right now. Oh God, I'm good. I, I have to keep my mouth shut. I'm just going to be just. No, 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 no. I, 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 yeah, no, certainly not. If you know me well, you will realize that I, I can be very critical. And despite I can, you know, be critical to someone as an athlete, I'm not judging them, them as a person or their values or whatever they are. I mean, I can say, well, he or he, she's very bad doing this. And uh, you know, I, I would expect that people to take it like it's just that, right? But uh, uh, yeah, I'm very lucky to be surrounded by, by great, for me, honestly, they are best great friends. And then they are great athletes and well known to the people. But many of the people that you see in my Instagrams, they are very good friends. Uh, you know, I love to be in, being in, Cook, in Cookville. I mean, Haley is a great friend of mine, Tasha. Now Giz there, Luke, Rich. I, mean, I feel home there. I really feel home. How did you end up with the – you said you're married to a man? Yeah, I said that. How, how do you end up with a daughter? How do two men get a daughter? Surrogacy. Through what? Surrogacy. Oh, so you – can you tell me about that, like how that works? Like do you – did you know the woman? <laughs> like how do you pick a mom? Well, you don't pick a mom because they are not a mom. They, they are just people. There's a, 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 a woman who donates, like uh, her ex, and uh, we we mix that with our own genetical information. We make embryos and we put that on a another woman who is a surrogate. So, so two. There's two women involved. One, it's the genetics, yeah. and one is the the birthing vessel, the the yeah. the womb. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's why you have a child. That's why we have a child at least. And how do they, um, they have your semen and they have your egg and where do they mix them? Oh, uh, you, you just for a doctor. <laughs> I don't know. No, I mean. Uh, do they mix them in her or are they mixed already? No, 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 no. no. They, they put it in her. They mix the embryos in vitro and then they, they will transfer that to, to the surrogate already the embryo, like five day old embryo. Wow. Fa fascinating and um and you have a beautiful healthy daughter i have a beautiful very beautiful happy healthy daughter yeah yeah crazy and um so does the woman who's holding the baby does she when she has the baby and the baby's growing inside of her um do you have you ever met this woman before that this relationship starts oh yeah completely i mean the surrogate chooses the parents and you know, as, as much as the parents uh, chooses the surrogate, so we we've been talking before getting to agreement of surrogacy. We've been talking up and down, and uh, when 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 Greta was born, my daughter, we uh, we stay with with her. Her name is Renee. She's part of our family, actually. Uh, to my daughter, she's like a like an aunt who was loving enough as to carry her in her vessel, as you said, uh, for nine months, and. Uh, it, it, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful experience. It was uh, great. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know what else uh, do you want to know? Because I know that it's the first time that ever somebody ever asked me that openly. I mean, funny enough that you're making a podcast. I, I see only two people in, on the, online. I don't know if it's just you or, or Matthew or but uh, oh, no, Matt's gone. Matt's gone. If 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 uh, Matt's gone, if he was on here, you would see a. Um, but we are live. Okay, yeah. So we don't know. Okay, anyway. So it's funny. Um, it's fun. So that was our experience, and it was great. And uh, uh, 
yeah, we were very, very uh, blessed to to have a beautiful daughter that way. Um, are you going to have a second child? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, who knows? We, we will let destiny decide. And um, how, how old is she now? She's five. She just turned five uh, two weeks ago. Man, that's uh, someone in the comments says, uh, Facundo, there's 78 of us because there's 78 people. I see only two. That's why I was. <laughs> I thought it was a very intimate conversation. You know, like it is. It's okay. I, I, I it, it is very intimate. It's very yeah. intimate. So, the theme um, of this conversation, intimacy. Yeah, completely. I thought it was. I thought it was going to be about Saxon and about Rich and about Guy and about somebody else that I'm coaching, uh, but it tends to be very, very familiar. No, uh, yeah, it was. It was great, and we are very happy. Uh, you know, uh, Greta. Um, we, we at home we speak German. That's the the main language at home. I speak with her alone, and the nanny speaks to her in Spanish, and she speaks French in school. So she's trilingual and we were a bit scared at the beginning because we thought that it was going to be a bit too much. Uh, but she's, she manages and nowadays at five, she fluently speaks three languages. Uh, uh, so I mean, I, I, th- I think that, I think that the two greatest gifts you can give your child. Love. Just, yeah. Um, I, I was going to, on more of a superficial level is, um, and may, may, maybe they're both languages. I'll ask you this since you're into music and, and, um, is a foreign language more than one tongue to speak with and, and the ability to play a musical instrument. If there were two things, I think those are incredible gifts you can give your child because then they can take them for the, the, into the rest of their life. Right. And, um, but maybe music is just another language. Maybe I should lump that all up. It's, it's, it's so um, in my studies, when I was studying neurosciences, music, um, you know, it's been a work and process in a different part of your brain as the language. So language is, is the most dominant thing. So language just comes first okay. uh, and music goes a bit back in the back. So they have no connection. But I think that music allows for for a lot of mathematical development. Oh, and why is that? Tell me that. Oh, because I you also know. think that the next two best things to give your kid is <laughs> yeah. mastery over language, because I do believe we're all sorcerers here. Yeah, I, I, well, uh, music has a lot of mathematics, so you need to count, you know, how much notes, how much space, and so on. So there's a, naturally, by hearing, you will be able to, you know, maybe, it's not universal, to develop certain capacity to mathematics. Uh, and... Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think that languages is great. I think that we parents, if we are able to, which is complicated to understand, showing the world our children, different cultures, different uh, type of people, different spaces, different cultures. Uh, we, we travel a lot for our work with Greta a little bit. And we're very glad when we can travel somewhere where she, you know, she realizes, oh, this is not home and it's still great. And you know, this food is not right at home or these people don't behave the same way at home and it's still valid and it's still great. Um, so I think that's also a, a very important gift to give to, uh, to our children, for me. I totally agree. Do, um, do you get to choose whether you have a female, a, a boy or a girl? We didn't choose. We, we did uh, nature. We didn't choose. We just said, we know surrogacy is such a complex uh, process that we said, well, we don't want to push it so much. I know you can ch- you can choose the color of the hair, the color of the eye, whatever, you, you know. 
You can, yeah, 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 you do. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. The problem is that you need to open the embryo before being transferred. So the embryo is not fully natural, so you, you have to pinch in to get that genetical information. And there's a slight risk to, you know, to transfer an embryo that has been already, you know, opened. Uh, so we decided, you know, we, we, we were sure it's going to be a, a boy. We were 100% sure. And then it's said, no, it's a girl. So we didn't have a name. We stressed a little bit there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there she is. The, na- the naming thing is so weird, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. such a trip that you're giving human being <laughs> yeah. such a powerful uh, stamp for the rest of their life. Yeah, yeah. But we were happy with the name, and she 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 likes it a lot. It's, it's very, it's very I don't know individual. Uh, her name is Greta, and uh, yeah. It's, but funny enough, you know, talking about children, I I do feel I I coach so many young people that I do feel a a fatherly connection to many of them, and uh, it's kind of like you know, it, I I still feel that I'm a father to many at the moment. Yeah. Hmm. I thought I would feel that more. You know, Facundo, my whole life, I never felt like I was, I I never felt like I was anything. I never wanted to really be anything. I was just happy. I've always just been kind of happy. Even after I had directed a bunch of movies, I never felt like a movie director. I think that, sorry, 2003 was your first movie, One of Us? Oh, Our House? Our House, yeah. 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 yeah, that was like my full first feature film. Yeah. And I made so many movies since then. And like, and, you know, I do CrossFit and I kind of see myself as a CrossFitter. I, not kind of, I do, but, but I never really wanted to be anything. And then I had kids and I was like, and I didn't have kids till I was 43. But then I was like, holy shit. Uh, I, know. I was 39. I, I know. I, I'm a dad. Hmm. And like, I really like, I'm like, I'll take, like, even if I know I'm faking it, like, I don't care. Like, it's so real to me. Like, I really have embodied the, um, the role. Like, even though I did never wanted to be a dad, I never wanted to be a husband. Like, as soon as I saw the kids, those three kids, man, like I'm their dad and, and and kind of like, like huge swaths of me vanished. Like Forrest Gump. Like Forrest Gump. (laughs) Like Forrest Gump. Um, so how, w- w- when Durante brings you on the scene, is there any hazing period? Is there any like the other guys in the Power Monkey are like, who the fuck is this guy? He doesn't know what he's doing. Is there oh, like- I, I, I hope not. If it happened, I never realized. I was so, so focused on my responsibilities that I, I, I uh, it's a good question. Uh, no, I, I guess not. I mean, um, no, I, I wouldn't say so. But anyway, so we I haze it- people at HQ. Sorry? We hazed people at HQ. Not on purpose. It wasn't like a, a spoken hazing. But if someone new started working at CrossFit, like, we didn't make it easy on you. We tested mm. you. No, 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 no. You know, you said it before. I think the great coaches, like, like Dave, like Chris, they, they know very well what they do. And as a coach, I mean, I said it many times in the past, I think that what makes them greater is that they build this capacity of people to take the legacy you know, they, they build spaces for people to to develop. And so I don't think that there was any kind of mixed emotion. On the contrary, I think I, I always felt myself very welcome with with them. And uh, 
I no, I I think Bubble Monkey uh, embraced me very warmly when I was there. Um, you see, I saw a picture of you and Guy. Um, yeah. On your Instagram, tell me how how do you know him, and, and like, and what is your relationship, like your business and and personal? Okay, so um, I was coach. I am coaching very proudly um, Saxon Panjik now for almost two years. Um, would you I believe had him on the podcast? He's awesome. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, he's, he's 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 amazing. He's he's extraordinary. I'm 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 very very thankful that uh, he decides to work with me. And uh, we were at the games, and I was you know coaching him. And after the games, uh, we, we chatted a little bit with Guy and, you know, he asked me, how do I do this? How do I do that? And we are, ho- we are hosting a competition with Rich in the Middle East very soon, the, the Mayhem Desert Hit. And I told him, you know, if you want to come. Sorry, sorry. We- What's the date on that, on the, on the competition? 12th, 13th, November, 2021. Okay. Okay. So, um, it's fine. So, talk. I want to circle back and talk about that too. So uh, we we talk and then you know Guy Guy's dream was to to come to Mayhem. He was a massive throwing fan, and he even funny he said to me, you know what? With my first coach, we used to talk very often into me paying myself for Mayhem, which is from Brazil, is quite expensive, and training there, do my thing, impress with everybody. Forgot my I will forget purposely my some things of mine. Come a couple of weeks later. And eventually, Rich said, hey, bro, you're so great. Stay. <laughs> and uh, which was not the case. But we, you know, we were talking about and and he asked me, we, we, you know, we, we talk into working together. And uh, I, I said that I would be very glad to, to do so. And I talked to Rich and I said, Rich, you know, I have this very talented young boy who, uh, who you know, wants to work with us. And a couple of weeks earlier, uh, Rich um, was kind enough as to create a program in Mayhem that I'm leading at the moment. So create my own department or whatever program you want to say from from Mayhem. And I said I think it would be great to have him in this program. And uh, Rich said, you know, you know how Rich? Yes, bro. If you think so, go for it. So I called Guy and I said, hey, if we there's a chance that we can work together, if that's what you want. And uh, he said yes, and I admire him because 21, he left his girlfriend, his mom, his dad, moved to Cookville, and you know, in Brazil he's a king, but in Cookville is another one of many great athletes. So he doesn't have any special treatment at all. He's like, hey, bro, you have to work out. This is what you have to do. That's the way we do it there. And uh, he, uh, so he did that, and I admire the courage he has to do that to change his life at that age for you know for becoming a, a better athlete uh, so i'm gonna fill in i'm gonna fill in a couple of blanks here so yeah. you, you you are so you are a coach you're scott i am a coach. coach i am so a, you yeah. actually do his programming scott yeah. stand over here pick this thing up run over here saxon but not scott so, sorry sorry saxon there's only yeah. one pan chick to me. I just, I just. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not so sorry. No, no. That's the part of you. <laughs> I mean, Scott is great. I worked with him when he, I was a coach of the Mayhem team that went uh, to London, but we didn't make it to the games last year. And he's great. Saxon is Saxon as great man. as his brother. Yeah. Yeah. He's the man. I was just teasing. <laughs> um, so, so, and, and do you have any other athletes? Yeah. I have a lot of athletes. Yeah. I have maybe. So now for Rogue, 
uh, I started, I mean, I don't want to announce it yet because I think that such a great athlete that I'm working with that he deserves There's only all... 76 people listening. There's only 76 people listening. Yeah. <laughs> There's another athlete that I have the, the chance to work with uh, now for two months. He's great. I'm very, very proud and thankful for the chance he, he has given me in, in, you know, in allowing me to program for him. He's also going to the Rogue Invitational at the end of the month. So I'm, I'm, the, the only thing that is stressing me at the moment is how I'm going to deal with have these three guys uh, at the Rogue Invitational together and me acting as a coach. You should be stressed out about that. That's healthy. <laughs> I am. I'm, look, I'm looking through your Instagram to see who this new athlete is. Oh, there's no picture yet. I've but made I the assumption it's a male. I don't know if that's a... It is a male. It is a male. And I, there's no picture. And i tell you why. I don't want to announce it because Guy Colton has a Mertens. Colton Mertens. No. Oh, <laughs> no. Darn it. Darn it. No, no, no. He, um, he, he made it top 10 at the games this year. And because we did such a great announcement for Guy at Mayhem, I don't know if you saw it, that he comes. That yes. I think that, I think that this other athlete deserves to have a proper presentation because he's really great. So, uh, I mean, he wasn't, I think he was in your podcast too, not long ago. Yeah, yeah, he was there. So I'm, I'm giving you too many hints. If you have a producer now, he will be writing down on the, on this, on, on a column. If Brian was here, here, he'd be like, Sevon, you dumb shit, it's this person. <laughs> oh, completely. Brian, no, 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 but wait, wait. To, to, to tell you how, how much I do like Brian, he knows from a couple of months now. I told, oh, of course. Yeah, I told Brian, I oh, know. This is happening. I said, oh, bro, it's great. I'm happy for you. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy for you, too. I don't even know who it is. You know what's funny? I have these people on the show like Matt O'Keefe, these fucking big shots. Yeah. Big shots. Yeah. And I think I'm so I'm, cool for getting like Matt O'Keefe. Me. What? Unlike me, you mean. Yeah, no, you're a big shot, too. You're a big shot, too. <laughs> and, but, but Brian's not here, so you don't work for an example. But So I have these big shots on the show like Matt O'Keefe. And... Um, a week will pass and, and then I'll be talking to Brian. He's like, so I was talking to Matt O'Keefe and I'll be like, what do you mean you're talking to Matt O'Keefe? He's like, well, he called me the other day or, or I was texting with him. I'm like this motherfucker, it's my show and the big shots are contacting Brian. Brian must be a really cool dude. Yeah, oh, right. really? Someone yeah. guessed it's Dukic. Someone guessed it's Lazar Dukic in the comments. Wow. Who's that person who, who guessed that? Uh, it's, uh, their name is the Tony Tone. They, they just have a, a fake name. I really like uh, the Dukic brothers are amazing. Oh, they're amazing. I mean, I met Lazar two years ago. He came to Brussels to a competition that I, uh, that I organized, the Belgian Throwdown, which he won easily. And I told him back then, hey, you know, you are great. You, you need to keep working like this. You have a lot of potential. And uh, uh, yeah, he's, he's a great athlete. I don't, say this, I don't say this about a lot of people. I'd like those guys to be my neighbors. Oh really? <laughs> oh, they would. I would have so much fun with them. I would fuck with them so much. I would send my kids over there. Those guys are homies. Those. That's like, whatever the vibe they're giving. That I, it, it resonates with the my Armenian whatever culture. They're just when I interviewed them together at the games, how close they sit by each other. Just the love. <laughs> they're just kind of like oozing off, and uh, and they can take just all the shit I give them. I. I didn't actually want to interview them. Brian wanted to bring them on the show. And I'm like, ah, I'm too big time for these fucking guys. Wait till they're <laughs> no, no, like, no. Nah, nah, bring them on. And boy, they won my heart. They're they are. They, they, he, he, I, I know a bit better Lazar. And he's, he's a, a very, very cool guy. Um, someone named Allegra just gave us, uh, no, sorry, didn't give us, gave me $9.99. 
which is very very generous of them. And not everyone always I don't make money every show. So that means you just so I guess you, I should thank you for Kundo. You just made me nine dollars and ninety nine. Okay. Well, okay, yeah. No, but uh, I'll be glad to uh, to have a coffee with you when I see are you going to roll? No. I don't uh I, I don't leave you? I don't leave this. Okay, okay. Um but um Okay, so go, go ahead. Yeah. Say something, and then I want to ask you about Guy. What do you want to? What I I'm lost now. What was the question? Okay, okay. So, so Guy, so you you meet Guy at the games. Yeah. Um, you're you're there in the capacity as a coach for Saxon. You meet Guy at yeah. the games, and um, uh, you you cultivate this relationship, and he basically says, "Hey, I want to be your coach, or I want you to be my coach." And you say, "Okay, great." I also have this program that I've started up. I guess I guess it's under the Mayhem banner. I'm trying. What's the name yeah. of it? I, I saw called, it in your bio. It's called Mayhem ID. Mayhem ID, and you're basically running this thing called Mayhem ID. And so then you go to Rich, who's who sounds like he's your partner, and you say, "Hey, I want I want to bring in another athlete into this yeah. Mayhem ID." And do all the Mayhem ID athletes move to Cookville or no? No, 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 no. Okay. No, I mean, he, special circumstance. Yeah. he was there. I mean, he was going to do, he's going to stay there until, until rogue. And then he's going to travel to the Middle East. Uh, and then he's going to back, go back to Brazil. And then he's going to Guadalupe. So, uh, but it was a chance, you know, to prepare himself for rogue to go there. Uh, and I think that he's in very good hands if he's training with Ritronin. <laughs> and, and so, so now you are the coach of, of Guy. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what happens what, to his old coach? Uh, you should ask him. Maybe okay. I can give okay. a telephone number. <laughs> no, I think that I think that what what you know, I, I just need to be very respectful to my colleagues, all the coaches. I think that right. you know, that if the chance to work out with Rich Fornin and learn from Rich Fornin at the barn with Haley, with Luke, with that level of athletes, uh, you know, is presented to you. I guess that is very hard to say no, right? Uh, and you know, especially since it, it was his goal. If, especially, yes, correct. And uh, it is funny because as a coach, uh, I, I told him, you know, I do your programming, but when you are with Rich, you do whatever Rich says. Please follow him, learn from him, ask him as much as you want, as much as you can. Why? How? Whatever you want to ask. Uh, and uh, and. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to say that I think Rich likes him. So it, they work together quite well. What's the, what's the guy's name from Canada? He was on my podcast. I really liked him. He trains at Mayhem. Super oh, Sam, Sam Cornoyer, yeah. Samuel, Samuel Cornoyer. Sam, Sam, Sam Cornoyer, yeah. Um, he said in the podcast that Rich was the fittest man alive. Yes. Do, do you think that that's accurate? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I think that you're right too. I think I don't even know and I believe it. I, I, I don't think that it's amazing. I think that he's just talented and he just worked hard. And, you know, people say it very often, ah, oh, but in the open, Rich does the work out of the open Friday morning only once. There's no, you know, seeing the leaderboard, watching videos, this and that, talking to people, uh, put the, make the setup, does the workout. Done. Now let's squat. Let's snatch. Whatever that is next. And uh, he has an understanding of the sport. You know, Sivan, I think that whoever is going to be champion again is not just the fittest. It's the guy who has the more skills, 
the more capacity to understand the nuances of our sport. And that is something that Rich had naturally. He didn't have a weightlifting coach, an endurance coach, a nutritionist, a gymnastic coach. There was an understanding in him about the direction of the sport, you know, because Dave programs whatever, and maybe the direction of the sport one year is more into strength, more into endurance, more into whatever that is. I think this year was a bit, a bit of everything because we have 15 events, but Rich was very clever foreseeing where would the sport go. And, uh, and he worked very hard when, when, when he decided, you know, to bet on something. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a remarkable uh track record and a and a and a and a remarkable legacy. I mean I mean he's definitely in, in a category all all by himself. When when will you when do you when are you gonna have to choose between parliament and um coaching? I left the parliament. I left the parliament in 2019. Oh, I'm sorry if you said that. You so you're done with that. You're a full time yeah, yeah. so you're oh. so you're manager, trainer. No, 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 I'm not manager. I'm not manager. Sorry, sorry you're a coach and a trainer. Why, why, why would you like to believe that I'm a manager? Because it's something that comes first uh, when you talk about me. Sweater, glasses, cold. <laughs> four or five languages, nice hair, certain air about you. Like, like, I can, I can there's show a dig, you. There's a dignity you present that's like, the, it's the opposite of Eric. If I saw, I would never say Eric's, a, um, we'll go full circle to the beginning of the show. I would never say Eric looked like a manager. I'd say that motherfucker looks like a coach. Throw a whistle oh, in yeah. his mouth. Maybe you should wear a whistle if you want to be seen as a coach. You don't I, even have I, to I, use it, just as a prop. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 would, I, would, I would be able to mention some managers that don't have any hair, that they don't speak any language, that they have no, but, uh, So, um, yeah, I left the parliament. I left the parliament when my daughter left day, daycare. Uh, it was too many hours for us being uh, away uh, in the office. So uh, the decision came into which of us will leave the parliament. And uh, because I already have some experience in the crossword world, it was me who, decide, who decided to, to leave the parliament. Does your in husband fact, do CrossFit? Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 not at all. He doesn't. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. He did it once. He did it once when I had my box. He came with a lot of, uh, you know, excitement and he he came into a very very nasty workout you know like oh 100, 100, wait, wait, 100 box jumps i don't know 300 feet walking lunges you know all the things that really hurt at the end of the day and uh that was enough <laughs> he didn't like and, uh, what's he do for training he what's he do to sweat every day Marathon. oh okay okay I give yeah. I, 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 in the and so he loves he loves Hinshaw. Uh, he know because Hinshaw is too technical for him. He does it for his fun, you know. Um, also, he he doesn't allow any comment from me on his training. Like he, we have a biker row and everything down here. Sometimes he he goes. I'm going to row. I come down to say something, and the, the monitor is down, so he's not even looking what he's doing. You know, he's just <laughs> like, I am here, uh, and. Uh, yeah, and I remind me, funny as you said about that, I remind, I remind myself how athletes are. I, I, I used to help in a very short period of time Laura Horbath with her endurance. I know she oh. wasn't. Yeah. Yes. I have a note here about Laura Horvath to yeah. ask you a question about her. Go on. And uh, her coach back then told me, you know, these workouts are very complicated to understand, they are very intellectual. So they're not easy to apply. So we prefer not to do them. Ah. Oh.
Okay. Well, thank you. I mean, I guess. Um, and yeah, so uh, Chris, my Chris, my, my husband, he, he doesn't like to, you know, he just likes to have fun uh, and so on. So you can shoot the Laura Horvath question now. Uh, Laura Horvath's going to – she's coming to the United States, if, if I recall, when I interviewed her. She said she was coming to the United States to yeah. train with Ben Smith. Sounds like she's going to move into Ben Smith's village, wherever the fuck he lives. Uh, he lives in, in, in Richmond. No, no, no. Somewhere in Virginia. Uh, so it's Richmond? I don't know. Do you know, that, do you know if she's moved already? Yeah, no, no, no. I don't think she's moving. I think she's going to train to prepare for Rogue. Uh-huh. And then come back to Europe. That's what I think. Um, and do you know if she's with Ben yet? Has she moved? Has she, has she traveled out? She's there. She's there. Yeah, she's there. I, I need to get her back on the show. It was quite a bizarre show. Yeah, she, she's she's quite a character. Yeah, the two of us together. St- speaking about being scared, I will be very scared to do it again. But it has to be done. It was so. It was. Uh... Laura, Laura, Laura is great. Like putting... Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go. Sorry. It's like putting peanut butter on a cucumber. I've never done that, and but I would do it. But 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 it but it's gonna be weird. I think Laura's great. You just need to find a way of of uh, you know, she's not Josh. She's not Matt. You know, you need to work differently. But uh, she's great, and you know, she she has very interesting things to say. Very, and I I love her bluntness. Basically, I I think we started in the first five minutes of the podcast. She said, "Hey, you know, I really didn't want to do this." I know, I've heard, I, I I've heard the podcast. That's the only one that I heard. <laughs> just listening to you, yours and Hunter McIntyre. Um, yeah, are you but, friends with Hunter? We actually, <laughs> he's a handful too. I really like him too. Just is like basically telling you yeah. to fuck off. <laughs> but that's what I've heard. I will tell you something. You ask him whether he has a tattoo on his butt. Yes, yes. And I shared room with him in Power Monkey. He came Power Monkey, and he was um, helping my station. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Yeah. And damn it, Facundo, you know everybody. It is nuts. Not only do you know him, you shared a room with him. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I shared a room with Laura too. I mean, that's fine. You <laughs> that's <a> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Fuck Brian, I, you, I'm going to ask you to be my co-host. You know everyone. Okay, so tell me about Hunter's tattoo. Tell me about Hunter's tattoo. Hunter was, I mean, it, it was before he would get. He he got his. Uh, I think it was he got he was before he was he got his invite because of his experience in um, obstacle obstacle course. We invited him to to help in the Hinge Station of our monkey, which he came. He was great. It was very very funny. Um, you know, a character on his own, and uh, yeah, we had a good time. And did you see the tattoo? No, because I am a very bad sleeper. So I generally woke up at 4.30, 5 in the morning. And by the time I was leaving the room, he was still sleeping. And by the time he would come to the room, I was already sleeping. So there was no uh, interaction whatsoever uh, when, when that happened. Uh, kind of an obvious question, but I just want to hear your response. Um, oh. is, is, he, is he just truly an, an amazing physical specimen? Like, did you see him move? Because his accolades are nuts. Like, did you see him run and jump and lift? And- he's a great runner, for sure. Yeah, he's a, he has a great runner. The problem is that we, we, if we define it in our crusted terms, it would be a different answer maybe, right? Because we look for different stuff. He's, he's in a sport on his own. So I guess that his numbers for his, for his sport are more important, you know, are, are more relevant to him than his numbers in the crusted world. 
but for sure he has he, he he's a great athlete. Maybe not a crossfitter, but it's a great athlete in his sport. Who, who do you think has the greatest um, air squat you've ever seen? Air squat. Yeah. Uh, ooh, la, la, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> the cutest or the mechanically best squat? Let's talk about any any air squats that stand out in your mind. I just use the word best, but let's talk about people who have beautiful. Like you see them air squat, and you're like, oh, can you do that again? Like you actually enjoyed watching them do it. Like you're like, holy shit. Because there's uh, there's a few for me. Nico okay. Salo had a bizarre. Nico Salo had a bizarre one just because of the length of his femur to calf. I don't know what it was. Um, Zach Forrest has like it, it doesn't even look like it's like magical. I think uh, Danny Spiegel has a great squat air squat. Danny Spiegel. I I don't know her air squat. Yeah. Have you ever had Danny Spiegel on the show? No. Um, I invited her. Uh, my producer invited her to be on the show. Um, and she said, I think her response was she has different ethics and morals than myself. So I'm paraphrasing, I'm paraphrasing. And therefore she refused to do it, but, but I would have loved to have had her on. And I, and I, and, and the invite is still always open. I'm, um, all, all, ethi all ethics and morals are, are welcome on my show. She's amazing. She's simply amazing. Good. That's good to hear. Okay, I'm gonna go try to find her air squat. A anyone else? Uh, actually, you and what know, do you like about her air squat? What do you like about it? Uh, sorry. What do you like about her air squat? Uh, everything you know when she moves squatting, she's beautiful. I mean, the the, yeah. the, the legs, everything. <laughs> she's yeah, and I, and I remember that because we were in Power Monkey. She came there. Yeah. We did not share bedrooms though. Just for your info. Uh, but she used to dry my hair in Bar Monkey. <laughs> and, uh, and there was a worker where we're doing air squats, which is not something that we do very often in workouts, unlikely. And I remember her doing that and she, she looked beautiful. So that's what I ventured to say that. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any women. All, all, like James Hobart has an amazing air squat. Well, he better. Yeah, you know, Nicole Carroll has a pretty amazing air squat of all, mm. of all the women I saw. Are you friends with Nicole Carroll? Uh, uh, hello, how are you? Good job. Congrats. Yeah. I th you guys would be very good friends. I wish. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of her. Yes. Uh, if, um, if, I, if I was a professional matchmaker, I would, I would set you guys up as friends. I would be like, okay. For okay. You have my telephone. Can I just forward her your contact information? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hey, yeah. Nicole, this is—I don't have much conversation with Nicole these days, uh, but I, but I think I could still text her. I, I, uh, um, a human being that I have the the some of the highest admiration for. Um, when people make when I see these lists, you know, these um, in in magazines that say like the hundred most influential people in the history of fitness or in sport or you know, the hundred most influential women ever. I, I'm always surprised that she's not at the top of these lists, whether they're uh, mixed sex or um, f about fitness, because she is, she, what she did, what she does is um, she has no peer. She really yeah. has no peer. I agree with you. I mean, I think that she prefers a little bit, a bit of a low profile. I yeah. think that she's not a woman that wants to be exposed and so on and so on. Uh, but yeah, I mean that from that generation, Nicole and Ani Sakamoto have given in our community 
so much and they still run models and pillars. I think that the game should create a Sakamoto award. You know, still an athlete, an influencer, a great coach, uh, you know, all of that. Uh, Annie's, you know, and I think of CrossFit, CrossFit women, maybe Annie might be the Annie Sakamoto might be the first one that comes to head. Like, you know, this woman has been there forever and uh, she had, you know, find a way of renewing herself and, uh, and um, yeah. Uh, just now when you mentioned her name, I'm like, oh, I need to have Annie on the podcast. And I've had that thought probably like 20 times. But you know what? I'm kind of scared. Why? Annie Sakamoto? Yeah. She's the, the sweetest person I know, maybe. <laughs> I know. She lives there just down the street from me. My mom trains at her gym. I don't know why. I've, I, I don't know why. I'm prob it's probably I'm just intimidated by her. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little I'm intimidated more by women than I am by men usually. Um, but her, her, she, she's, a, she's amazing. Maybe it's just like my huge, um, admiration for her and her contribution. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have to have a podcast and replace Matt and Josh for two female athletes, who would you go for? Danny Spiegel and, <laughs> <sighs> Oh boy, that's a that's a good Danny Spiegel and Katrin David's daughter. That's who I would pick. Okay, <laughs> those two. That would be that would be an amazing podcast. Yeah, for sure. I would want them to. Um, before we started, I would want them to commit to like twenty episodes, regardless of um, how bad they are. Yeah, and, uh, and I would be full in. That would be something very special. That would be. I I, I think the. Uh, I think the fans would love that. Does Facundo coach Sasha Nieves from Argentina? Is she a mayhem athlete? That's one she, of yes. Sasha is a mayhem athlete. I met her earlier this year when I went to Argentina, and uh, she uh, as junior, and she and her coach, uh, you know, introduced themselves, and uh, also their their dream was to come to Mayhem to to work out, and then she 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 did that. She came to Mayhem, but since I'm not in Mayhem. One of our other coaches, Jake, Jake, uh, who is the director of programming, is taking care of her program at the moment, but she's there. Uh, I don't coach her at the moment, no. Um, what, uh, there's another comment here. It says, Facundo and Laura Horvat are polar opposite when it comes to conversational styles. I love them both, though. I don't know, Amy. I, I, I don't want to argue with you, but I think Facundo came in a little hot. Like he, he When the podcast started, he came in holding his sword. Like I don't want to say it was out of the sheath, but he was – he was ready. He was um, ready. But you know, Laura, me, she, she came, she, she lived in my house for a couple of weeks in, in, in Brussels uh, when she finished second at the games. And uh, she's a very fun girl to be around with. I mean, uh, but yeah, as you know, in competition, everybody's different and uh, they, 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 they are focused on, on the task. This is just purely for gossip. I want to know, have you ever known Laura Horvat to have a significant other? Speaking of intimacy, is just, does she have any boyfriends or girlfriends or anything like that? Uh, at the moment, I don't think she does. Yeah, she told me basically in the podcast that's not even like on her radar at all. Yeah, I think she worked so hard that, she, that her, only, her only mission is, is, you know, to be at the highest of the podium of the games. And I, I, I think she, she doesn't. I have not a lot of contact with her. We, we took the, the same flight coming back from, from, from Madison after the games. And uh, yeah. Is Tia beatable? No. 
<laughs> Shit. No. I wish I could argue with you. No, but you know what? We uh, we 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 lived together with Tia for ten days before she 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 was defeated on Earth, 2016. We did uh, I don't know if you remember this episode of the Games Road to the Games Cookville Camp or something like that, where it was Camille and Catherine and Sarah, everybody. Yes. yes. And uh, so I was there uh, in Cookville, and uh, she was very different of what she's now as an athlete, as an athlete. And when I see her at the games, and we are, I want to think that we are very good friends. I think that she has, she's the closest of all the athletes who have the perfect key, you know, in understanding the games, how to train for them, how to win. Uh, all of the other athletes that I know, we are, they are still trying to find the perfect log. I think that she, and it's funny because if you see her at the games, she doesn't even seem stressed. You know, she seems like she's really under control of whatever is happening. Uh, even there are events that they are not great for her because they are she's still under control and and i think that's a great skill yeah uh i i I am happy for laura in the same way i'm sad for someone like matt and the fact that matt never got to not got never got to beat rich he had an opportunity and he didn't do it but 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 laura horvat has the opportunity to beat tia and it's almost, I mean, easy for me to say as a fan, but it's almost better to take second trying to beat the greatest in the world than to be the greatest in the world when the true greatest isn't there. I mean, it's really, it, it, I, I speak to all the female athletes out there and who the fuck am I, but don't squander this opportunity as much yeah. as you fucking can't stand Tia being there. It's the greatest opportunity you're ever going to have in life. This mountain will not be there forever. This isn't like Mount Everest and you can be like, okay, I'll climb it next week. There'll be a time when Tia's gone and you won't get to test yourself anymore. That mountain will be gone. Yeah. So, so you sort of leverage that as motivation, you know? Yeah, I, I think that too. But I, I think that there are, uh, um, I think that there are a lot of young acts. I mean, Haley Adams, Mel O'Brien, Emma Carey, you know, it's, it's just when, when is the transition going to happen now? When is like Tia going to step down and are the veterans going to go back to it? Like Laura, she's been there for a while, as great as she is, Annie, Catherine, Sarah, or is the new generation, the Haley Adams, the Mel O'Briens, the Emma Carries are going to take over because they are a dangerous threat for everybody else. I just uh, right when you said that, I just text. I hope I hope that wasn't too rude. I just text uh, Matt Souza, the producer, and said, "Please get Emma Carey on the show." Yeah, it's not rude. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, yeah, so um, we'll see. I mean, I, I think Tia. It's it's at the moment she's. I humbly believe that she's unbeatable. She's not my athlete, but I think she's unbeatable. How cool was it that she let us all know at the end of the games that she's coming back? I thought that was really generous. Yeah, I, I talked to Shane about that, uh, and and for his answer, it was clear to me that she was she was coming back to it. But you know, we'll see, we'll see what the new year brings. Why do you know something? Oh, no, 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 no. The, the format, the I mean, Dave will keep the same format. The games are going to be the same. Uh, you know, I, 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 who knows? White people might not even be allowed to compete anymore. You think so? Uh, no, want, I don't think that. But but anything's possible. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Um, I don't want to close the door on that. I'm, I'm no, not you any type of craziness. Are you fishing from some controversy here? No, 
I just, we're at the end of the show. No one will hear this part. That's the kind of stuff like that's the kind of stuff I probably wouldn't say on the Matt and Josh podcast. Okay. No, I think that it's going to mean 2021 was maybe the, for me my favorite games. It was amazing. It was I really agree. extraordinary. The programming was great. Everything went. I, I mean, yeah. Um, but I'm very look, very much looking forward for for the Rock Invitational and see what these artists have been doing off season. And Gee can win it, huh? There are many answers can win it. Saxon can win it. Gee can win it. Uh, you know. Do you, do you think that? Do you think the 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 era of Velner and Fakowski is over? No, I wouldn't say that. No. How many times we say how we say the era of Annie is over? Ah. She goes back and said, "I'm going, guys. I'm here, stronger than ever, and I just had managed to have a kid. So I would never venture to say. And also Pat, who's there tomorrow, I understand, and Fikowski, they are very clever athletes. Uh, so no, I would never venture to say that. And I would never venture to say that if Rich Foney wouldn't come back individual, he would win the games. Uh, no. you, you, I'm glad you brought up Annie. An- another like." The same way with Rich, kind of like, not kind of, in a in a whole category of her own. Like, there's no, yeah, there's too much. She's done too much. Yeah, yeah. but she's she's clever. No, she 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 knows very well what what to do and how to do. I mean, she makes mistakes here and there as everybody else, like you know, like everybody else. But um, she's she's a great athlete. I mean, she climbs. She starts with a very very bad first day, and then little by little, here I am. Um, fi- finally, before um, I, le- I let you go here, um, tell me about this desert competition. Where where can I watch it? Do I want to watch it? Is this the first year? Will there be a second one? Tell me, all- is Rich going? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think you will want to watch it. I think that it's, it's a great competition. So it's in the Middle East. It's in uh, Ras Al Khaimah, which is another Emirate one hour north of Dubai. And it's a small, it's a rather small competition. We have a field of 20 male athletes and uh, 15 female athletes. Uh, the male athletes we have, well, you know, Sam Cornelier, Elliot Simmons, uh, ma- very many national champions game athletes from that area. And it's going to be broadcasted on the Mayhem YouTube channel. Um, and I, you know, I'm going there. Rich is going there. Um, many of the people of the Mayhem family were going there. And uh, we, we, you know, it's, it's a first edition. It's in a very remote place in the world. Beautiful place. Beautiful place. You know, in the Middle East, Dubai is like a very cosmopolitan city. Ras Al Khaimah is very adventurous. Like a lot of mountains, sea, beaches. And um, we, are, we are very happy to have the chance to, to do our first competition there. It's invitation only? No, no, no. There was a qualifier. There was a qualifier. And many, I mean, we, 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 we had some wild cards that we invited people at the very beginning, so in order to avoid any any problems, but uh, any hard feelings, I said. But uh, no, no, the, we have a very good reaction. And in, in the morning, we have uh, the RX category, which is more like made for local people. And in the afternoon, the international uh, um, part of the competition, which is going to be broadcasted. It, with are, your friend. Yeah. are you Healy Adams, coach? No, I wish, no. no. Healy... <laughs> I wish no, no, no. Haley's uh, Haley's coached by Rich, and uh, programmed by Rich, let's say, and her her coach is Tasha Prexeves. Which, at this case, we know when I coach Rich, I, I I coach Rich many times, but I'm not the coach who says, "Oh, Rich, this is the warm up. Do three burpees, ten calories row, and twenty." No, these people know what to do. Our job with Tasha, which is an amazing person, is to provide uh, athletes 
whatever they need in competition for them to you know concentrate in performance and nothing else. Are you going to move to the United States? No. How come? Because my family's here and uh, I'm fine here, but I'm going to the States once a month. Wow. What airline do you fly? Uh, they only which is United, oh. Brussels, or Chicago, Chicago, Nashville. Wow. Cookville to Brussels. I, I wonder if there's anyone else in the world who does that. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. The only one. But, uh, you know, it, it's from his home. It, it became home. It became home. Cookville, uh, I'm at home. And, you know, Rich says, I'm going to do something. Take care of the children. So I have three children on my own. Uh, you know, uh, so uh, it's, it's, it's great. I'm very thankful to, to have the chance to do what I'm doing at the moment. Facundo, um, I would like to um, let you know that you can come on the show anytime you want. If you had a good time and you ever want to just come back on, I give you an open invitation. I don't Thank think I've ever said much. that to anyone in uh, 164 shows. I've said I'd like to have someone on, but like I really, um, the same way maybe Rich says that his front door is open, uh, my podcast is always open. You want to talk about anything? You want to tell Thank me how great I am? You want to chastise me? You want to promote something of your own? Uh, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful. You know, I've always been a fan of you and uh, your behind the scenes were a highlight on the year when that came. And uh, I'm, uh, yeah, it was a great time. So as we agree, I'm going to text you when my daughter falls or my dogs or something, a picture. And it's <laughs> happening here now. Uh, and uh, I, I had a great time. I thought, I thought we were going to be fighting to each other, but it was nice that you set the tone, same as with uh, Josh and Matt, you open with intimacy. I had a sword, as you said, and uh, you see, you you were able to uh, to set the tone for the rest of the podcast. Thank you, brother. Thank you very much. And bam, we did it. An hour and forty-seven minutes. You made me ten dollars. Okay. Well, I mean, I know that somebody else did you ninety-nine the other day. Was was it? Low? <laughs> Someone did give me ninety-nine dollars once. I don't know who that was. That was crazy. I was going to say, I was going to tell the name of the athlete if somebody pays $99. Uh, <laughs> but then I didn't want it to become too commercial. Hey, you have a, you have a really f- great story. Holy shit, you have a great story. Are you going to write a book? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh. My, uh, my, I mean, you, it, it's funny. Uh, my great story, I mean, you have a fortuitous I, I, life, I, I, right? I, I, Your life just looks magical, how it's unfolding. Are you still recording this? Or it's, it's, no, it's, no, it's done. It's done recording. No, uh, no, no, no. I don't have a story.